welcome to your Lot and Parcel podcast. Our mission is to emphasize the importance of preserving historic landmarks for future generations, mental health, physical well-being, and a safe family home environment. We value your monetary support. Here's your host, Benjamin F. Diaz. Castillo de San Marcos stands today as a monument to the Spanish Empire 300-year occupation of Florida and to the interaction and clashes of cultural groups that built the unified nation that is the United States today. Constructed to protect Spain's settlement in St. Augustine, Florida from pirate raids, hostile American Indians, and neighboring imperial powers. The fortification is a symbol of the cultural and imperial struggles that shaped early North America. And here's my guest, park ranger and interpreter, Christopher Leverett, to tell us more. Thank you, Chris. It's a pleasure to have you on the show with me today. I, I'm always excited to learn about historic uh, national monuments. And uh, I think what you have to say is of great interest, to, not only to me, but to my audience. But before we get into the topic, tell us a little bit about you and the organization you represent, Chris, if you would. Yeah, good afternoon. As you said, my name is Chris Leverett. I've been a park ranger with the National Park Service since 2006. Mm. I started as a volunteer for the organization while I was in college and took on a student internship that led to me taking this on as a career. I have worked for, for the organization for approaching 20 years now, so oh, been wow. a part of the organization definitely slightly longer than that. My goodness. Well, congratulations. It's, uh, that tells me you are dedicated. And uh, by the way, tell, give us the, the website. As we go along, I'm sure my audience will want to take a look of our topic. Yes, with over 400 national parks all across the country, our mm -hmm. general website is www.nps.gov. Mm -hmm. And uh, from there, you can search any national park. In our case, with the one I work at currently is the Castillo de San Marcos in Fort Matanzas in St. Augustine, Florida. Mm -hmm. In addition to our website, we also have a National Park Service app that has every national park at your disposal as well. How do you like that? Well, good. That's, that's good to know. <clears throat> now, the monument, the National Monument, uh, of course, there's a lot of history there. And it's the uh, the Castillo de San Marcos uh, National Monument. What, what does that mean in Spanish, incidentally? Yeah, the, the building was named Castillo de San Marcos by the Spanish in the late 1600s. Mm -hmm. And that simply translates to Castle of St. Mark. It mm -hmm. is the 10th fort for St. Augustine. It's not the first that held that name, but it's the name of the current one still standing today. There you go. Very good. So it's a castle. Uh, so, uh, yeah, please share us, uh, share with us some history on this castle. Yes, uh, yeah, calling it a castle. Uh, mm -hmm. The word castle has changed its meaning and purpose over the centuries. Mm -hmm. uh, the simplest definition for a castle, what most people think of is the really tall walls with the parapets, people yes. with bows and arrows, King Arthur's Court, all that kind of stuff. Yes. But the simplest definition of a castle and why, and why our old fortress is also called Castle of St. Mark is because a castle really is a place of refuge, a place mm -hmm. for the townspeople to take shelter if mm -hmm. they ever feel like they're under attack or need some kind of shelter from whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And our fort has had 
attacks where people took refuge within its walls. So it definitely fits that basic castle definition. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, when I think of a castle I, uh, or a castillo, I mean, uh, you kind of think about it. Maybe it, does it does it have a moat around? The, the... Well, yeah, that's a fun question. We get that question day in and day out for the staff that frequently work the site. Mm-hmm. We do have a moat, yes. However, our moat is nothing but a dry ditch. It was not originally designed to be full of water. It was just designed to be another obstacle. And while the townspeople took shelter within its walls, they would herd all their livestock, the cows, chickens, and food, and pigs, their fresh food supply, into the moat. So it would stay safe from being killed by the enemy. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Very good. So... Tell us a little bit about its construction and uh, its history, uh, the materials and so forth, just to get an overall overall view. Yes, the construction of our fortress began October 2nd, 1672, with a groundbreaking ceremony done by the local politicians and the governor at four o'clock in the afternoon. We have documentation of that ceremony taking place. Mm -hmm. It took 23 years to, to build enough to be considered finished. However, what you visit today is as a result of major renovations that took place decades later. Mm-hmm. So it stands today from that October 2nd date as the oldest stone fort in the continental United States. And not only that, but another what makes it so unique feature is the stone it is made out of. Mm. The local native shell stone here in the southeastern United States here in Northeast Florida is called coquina. It's a sedimentary rock, just like sandstone, but it's made out of shells. It's oh. a type of limestone, just layers upon layers of shells naturally stuck together, forming this rock that was cut and quarried locally right near our beaches. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, for some reason, I hear a lot of uh, crackling there. Uh, but uh, th- this, uh, what was so special about this construction uh, material? That uh, is that what gave it uh, this longevity? Would you say? Well, over the decades of storytelling here in Saint Augustine, yes, it, this coquina stone has developed this mythical story as being the best rock to build a fort out of because mm. it gave this impression that it could absorb enemy cannon fire. Mm. Cannonballs didn't explode at that time, at least the shots that ever hit that place. And they would appear to sink into the walls and cause little to no damage. But the Spanish built out of that stuff, not for that reason. They built out of that stuff because it was all they had around here to use (laughs) with some reports of it falling apart in the construction workers' hands while they were putting the walls together. Mm. But yeah. anything, you stack it thick enough, it'll appear to absorb shots, some materials better than others. Yeah, well, obviously it served them well. I mean, here it is, right? And it is the oldest fort in the country, correct? Well, continental United States, more specifically. Yes. Uh, exactly. The, the uh, fortress complex in Puerto Rico is much, much older than ours. Is that right? Okay. Yes. My gosh. I didn't know that. Uh, so uh, what else can you tell us about... Uh, uh, how, how big is the, the size of the fort? Can you share with that? Well, it's a standard fort design for like a flat landscape. It's just a okay. big square right. with diamond pointed bastions sticking out of every corner with 
f three little towers and one big watchtower. Mm -hmm. And there's there's over 26 rooms within the structure oh. with one central courtyard. Interesting. Okay. Is there, uh, does someone live there? Uh, you're in, you're out? Oh, not uh, today. The building is, is operated just like a museum that's open oh. from nine to five. Mm -hmm. Historically, it was run like a modern fire station works today where the soldiers back then didn't even live in it. They lived across the street and would do 24 to 48 hour shifts, mm -hmm. usually numbering no more than 30 guys at a time when the fort was first put into service. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, just for me to get an idea, uh, how uh, the land that it sits on, are we talking about a half acre, two acres? Uh, do you have an idea on that? We're looking at in the neighborhood of about 18 to 20 acres. Is that there. right? I didn't, I didn't know. Wow. In the northeast corner of St. Augustine, Florida. Gotcha. Very good. My goodness. And of course, there's been historic characters along the way. I, I think of one is, is Ignacio Daza. Can you speak to this fellow here? Yes, he was the first and primary architect that designed um, the Castillo for what it initially was planned to be. And his design is the overall footprint of the structure. Mm -hmm. Although he died within the first few few months of the building's construction. Uh, wow. Well, so he, he didn't see the, the completion of it, obviously, then. He, he did not. We have an exhibit yeah. highlighting him within the fort huh. for our visitors. Very good. Now, uh, the, this fellow here, he, he's from Spain? Uh, is, is that where he's from? Or Yes, or? sir. Okay. My gosh. Okay. Then there's another fellow. Uh, Pedro Menendez uh, Aviles, what can you tell yes, us about uh, him? Pedro Menendez de Aviles, he is the founder of St. Augustine, Florida. It was him and his mission set forth by Spain to come to Florida and establish St. Augustine as well as other colonies. Mm -hmm. And the settlement of St. Augustine began September 8th, 1565. Oh, my. <laughs> How do you like that? <clears throat> A lot of history there, Chris. Yes, sir. And, uh, and obviously, it's changed possession over the years. Can can you give us a kind of a uh, timeline on that? To what 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 has occurred over the years or the centuries? Absolutely. Um, as you <clears throat> know, Spain started their the possession European possession of Florida, mm -hmm. and um, the settlement began as I mentioned, September eighth, fifteen sixty five. Uh, the fortress was constructed, the town went through its various development phases, attacks happened on the city, all sorts of impressive events happening during what we call locally the first Spanish period mm -hmm. of St. Augustine. And the war that our history books call the French and Indian War, or Europeans call the Seven Years War, yes. concluded in 1763. That was a war where uh, Spain allied with the French against the British here in North American conflicts. As a result, Great Britain took Havana, Cuba from Spanish control. They were able to besiege Havana's bay and take the fort and Havana surrendered. Mm -hmm. But the conclusion of the war showed Spain that Havana was more important than Florida and made a deal with Great Britain. Spain gave Florida to Great Britain in exchange. Havana was returned to them in what we today call the first Treaty of Paris. And that 
that end of that war effectively gave Great Britain control of the entire eastern seaboard of the United States from Florida all the way up through eastern parts of Canada. Hmm. And then in the next 20 years to follow is the mm-hmm. history of America's war for independence, our Revolutionary War, yes. and the outcome of the American Revolution led to Florida being returned to Spanish control in 17, 1784. So yes, we had 20 years where Florida and St. Augustine was British, mm-hmm. and the, that could take an entirely separate interview with you, the history of Florida's British occupation, because that is the other side of the story of our Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. Florida and St. Augustine staying loyal to Great Britain, soldiers, sailors, and civilians that did not want to rebel, all living here in St. Augustine. Wow, my goodness. And then, of course, the end of the Revolutionary War culminated in what we today call the Second Treaty of Paris. That is the treaty that recognized our first 13 colonies as the United States of America. And a separate deal was made between Spain and Great Britain, and Florida was returned to the Spanish. And then Florida stayed Spanish until 1821. 1821, 1821, Florida was transferred over to the United States by a complicated treaty called the Adams-Onis Treaty, Adams being John Quincy Adams, a former president of the United States. Gotcha, yeah. And that began what we call our American territorial period because Florida did not become a state until 1845. Hmm. And then it was the 1930s by the time our fort, Castillo de San Marcos, was given to the National Park Service. Gotcha. Wow. You are listening to your Lot and Parcel podcast. Please tell a friend and support the educational program by leaving us a rating or review. We thank you in advance. This impressive fortress that we are speaking about today was never captured in battle. Castillo de San Marcos is both architecturally impressive as the oldest surviving masonry fortress in the United States, a true testament of endurance. And to learn more of this historical monument, the link is in the show notes. Let's get back with Christopher Leverett. long history there i i am i fair to say that uh, this fort's been there uh, prior to the settlement at plymouth rock oh absolutely absolutely well yes i would the think so. city of saint augustine is before plymouth plymouth oh. was settled in 1620 when yes yes but uh the castillo de san marcos started its construction in 1672 yeah yeah so you're absolutely right about the city of saint augustine itself my goodness. A lot of history there, Chris. Lots of history. No wonder you've been there dedicated to uh, the education uh, of that area there. And uh, so it has changed uh, possession uh, several times, obviously, as you outlined. And um, would you be uh, so kind as to speak of the uh, the, uh, the historic uh, weapons? I understand there's a demonstration uh, that I don't know how often that occurs. Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we do 
weapons fire, historic weapons firing demonstrations at oh. the Castillo almost every weekend throughout the year. Um, oh, wow. We started firing cannons back in 1957. We are the oldest, longest running cannon firing program in the National Park System. Mm -hmm. um, right now, we fire cannons or muskets um, every Saturday and Sunday. Uh, five times each day, 1030, 1130, 130, 230, 330. <laughs> wow. And the unique thing about our program mm -hmm. is we portray a time period in Spanish colonial history that no other national park does. And this time period is what we call the 1740s siege of St. Augustine. Mm -hmm. It is actually a point in time where that fort fell under attack for 38 days. So we portray the uniform of the Spanish soldiers that were in defense of that fortress during that attack. My goodness. So it's uh, quite a production, obviously. It can be at times. Yes, sir. My gosh. Okay. I've never been there, Chris, but um, you are motivating me. And I'm sure my listeners are listening to because there is, a, like I said, I'm a, I am a lover of history. And uh, there's plenty to see there in St. Augustine. So is it located right in the middle of the city, the, the fort, or where is it located? Well, as far as the downtown historic district of St. Augustine, we are at the very northeast corner. Of northeast it. corner. Yeah. All right. Very good. <clears throat> yeah, I'll be looking forward to seeing that. That's probably quite a, quite a show. Um, the cannons and everything else that goes on. Uh, which are the best months to visit? Uh, the... I would say the best time to visit us mm -hmm. is the month of September. After Labor Day weekend, the schools are all back in session. That's oh, when yeah. our visitation drops the, the lowest. Yeah. It's also the hottest time of year to visit Florida. But okay. visitation-wise, it's the, the calmest time to have a chance to really see the sites, explore the exhibits, and not see a lot of people surrounding you. Mm-hmm. Because our national park overall gets close to 800,000 visitors a year. And September is the slowest time. And I would say the best time to really absorb it the best ways you can. Yeah. And of course, make sure you've got some good walking shoes, right? Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> Very good. By the way, as far as accessibility, is it accessible to wheelchair? Yes, uh, okay. the majority of the building is accessible, except for the gun platform. The mm -hmm. gun platform is only accessible with a 26-step staircase oh, yeah. to the top of the building. Yeah. The, yeah. the steps are shallow and wide compared to your average stairs, mm -hmm. but you do need to climb that staircase to get to the top. Mm -hmm. However, all the lower levels are accessible with wheelchairs and power chairs. Gotcha. Is it open every day? Uh, we are open every day of the week uh, with a, we are only closed on Thanksgiving and Christmas day. Okay. Very good. It's good to know. Where is the, uh, the nearest, see, I'm in California, Chris. If I were to come and visit, where, where, where do I come in as far as the airport? Well, the nearest major airport to uh. St. Augustine could be the Jacksonville international airport or Daytona International Airport, Jacksonville being to the north, Daytona to the south. Very good. And uh, very good. Okay. Interesting. Let me ask you this question uh, in, in line with those that I speak to that represent organizations with historic 
landmarks and, and monuments. Would you share your thoughts uh, of the importance of preserving the Castillo de San Marcos um, for future generations? So what, what, what would you say to that? Well, this national monument, um, I mentioned earlier that it was handed to the National Park Service in the 1930s, yeah. yes. but we were de- the structure was declared a national monument almost a decade prior to that, 1924, Mm. mostly on the part that a lot of locals saw the significance that a place like this needed to be preserved and it got its monument status not long after a little bit of a push to be included in places like Gettysburg Battlefield or other prominent American history sites. Um, The fortress uh, San Marcos here primarily was built, yes, by the Spanish Empire. It has a unique story for Spanish military engineering. But when you think about the importance of preserving a site such as this, Mm -hmm. our story goes far beyond the outreaches of the old historic Spanish empire. This Mm. fortress has a history of, um, as I was mentioning, part of the American Revolutionary War story. It also has a much more somber history in the later part of the history of, of our United States, mm-hmm. because um, there there was a point in time where many Native Americans were forced from their homes out of the west the Western territories, yes. and some of them were forced to live within the walls and be imprisoned within oh. our fort. Gotcha. So we want to tell their story as well as the story of the Spanish engineering. My gosh! So there's there's plenty of uh, nuances too. The, the fortress, and uh, that's interesting. I, I, I did not know that, Chris. So uh, for future generations, uh, you know, I, I believe that history is tells us where we're headed, and it must be preserved. And uh, I think uh, I want to commend you for, for being there and taking care of, dedicated to what you do there. Um, it, it is a uh, nonprofit organization that we can support, I'm sure, correct? Absolutely. Uh, we are the, the, the National Park Service or the stewards that run um, Castillo de San Marcos. And uh, we are a federal organization that is not for profit. And our mission and goal, our mission statement actually says to preserve for future generations. Mm. Very good. It, it is, we keep 80% of our income from our ticket sales. Mm-hmm. And that 80% goes to, among many things, the historic preservation, upkeep, and maintenance of this historic site, as well as the exhibits and materials and handouts that we hand up, that we offer to you during your visit. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can do- donate via internet, correct? A website? Uh, there's no donation option on the website ah, itself. Okay. However, if you're interested while you're here, you can donate at the, uh, the the ticket window. Very good. Okay. So how can my uh, audience uh, contact your organization to support your efforts? Of course, you can be there literally, but otherwise. Yeah, the, the best way to contact us from any location really is mm-hmm. the internet on our general website. Uh, when you visit any national park, there is a mm-hmm. contact us feature. Oh, and okay that whatever your question is will be sent to the appropriate person here in our organization. Very good. And the website again is? Yeah, it's 
NPS, as in National Park Service, .gov, for, uh, then slash CASA, C-A-S-A, sends you directly to the Castillo's website. Or you could just do a Google search for um, Castillo de San Marcos NPS, and we will pop up mm -hmm. as one of the first, first couple of links. Very good. Well, I want to thank you for spending time and telling us about this historical uh, monument uh, in St. Augustine. Uh, I really appreciate your time, Chris, and I uh, want to commend you for doing a good job there. And I want to wish you the best and uh, continued success there in Florida. All right. Thank you very much. It was good to join you as well. Thank you for listening. The theme music has been provided by Echo Foxtone. All the opinions expressed in the podcast are opinions only and should not be relied on. We hope you will join us in supporting home and family through your monetary funding. For more information, please visit yourlotandparcel.org.